Doncic pulls up, three-pointer. Bang! Bang! It's good! Doncic wins the game at the buzzer! I hit a shot, you know, the whole team running towards me. That was one of the best feelings ever. Hey, man, that's the Don. That's, that's why they call him Luka Magic, man. I ain't got nothing else to say. You guys call him Luka Magic, I call him the Don. Honestly, we haven't seen this many times in NBA history. What this reminds me of most is the famous shot that Michael Jordan hit over Craig Elo and the Cleveland Cavaliers. Michael at the foul line, a shot on Elo. Good! The Bulls win! Because believe it or not, there was a time when people questioned whether Michael Jordan was just a great talent that wasn't going to ever win anything. And of course, we know now that's silly. But that shot put him in a different category. I feel this way about Luka, too. Greeny with Mike Greenberg, the podcast. How ridiculously good was that? What an extraordinary pleasure it was to watch that game and that kid in that spot yesterday. I am back in Better Than Ever. Greeny with you on ESPN Radio. I'm on the TV on ESPN News, presented by Progressive Insurance. Guests on the Shell Penzoil performance line, including Tony Kornheiser and Michael Wilbon together, the stars of PTI in an hour. Dan Orlovsky in a half hour. Motivation Monday with E.T. coming up today. But there's only one place to begin. The dawning of the decade of Doncic yesterday. On national television with the world watching and the perfect punctuation of the double bang from Mike Breen. I told you last week that if you could start a team with any player, any person currently walking the face of planet Earth, the right answer was Luka Doncic. The more obvious answer is Giannis Antetokounmpo who is 25 and Luca is 21. And for as long as there has been basketball, they've taken the bigger guy before they took the littler guy, even though Doncic is anything but a little guy. But we are now starting to see that that is almost always the wrong thing to do because the game is getting smaller. The game is going to exactly where Luka Doncic is. He touches the ball on every single play and at the age of 21 in his second NBA season and his first NBA postseason they just gave him the ball over and over and over in one of the genuinely great games you will ever see this is a game in which the Clippers had a 21 point lead in the first half the Mavericks had a 12 point lead in the fourth quarter and the teams traded leads eight times in overtime Kawhi Leonard on one side flat out played by 21-year-old Luka Doncic, who everyone on planet Earth knew was getting the ball, not just on that play, but every play of the overtime, and they couldn't stop him. They just couldn't stop him. A 43-point triple-double for Luka Doncic in his fourth NBA playoff game, playing without Chris Dapps Porzingis. That's one of the great performances that you will ever see. And so I must amend the point I made last week. So we know that you would start a team right now with Luka based upon his age. But let's not even limit him that way. Who's the best player in the NBA right now, and how far do you go before you get to his name? This minute. This minute. LeBron James. Kawhi Leonard. Giannis. KD, he's hurt, but you can't forget him. Steph. James Harden. Would you rather have the ball in any of those guys' hands before this kid? I get it. He's played four playoff games, but he's also 21. How far is Luka Doncic right now from being the best player in the world? I'm not saying he is, but not necessarily saying he isn't either. Listen to his coach 
Rick Carlisle yesterday with a very off-brand explanation of how good he is. Because Rick Carlisle is 60, and you would think would talk like he was 80. But he makes a very 2020 observation when he describes what we're seeing in Luka Doncic. He sees the game in, you know, 6G. It's not 5G, it's 6G. It's it's, it's another level beyond what, what most people see it. So, um, you know, just a just a very, very special player. And this, this game today was, uh, you know, was from another planet. It was. He sees the game in 6G. Am I the only one who thinks I would have expected Rick Carlisle to be the sort who would be asking Luka Doncic how to help him with his phone? So the fact that he came up with 6G on his own, very off-brand. But a perfect description of what the kid is. I'll tell you who he is. I'll tell you exactly who Luka Doncic is. I'm Greeny. I'm presented by Progressive Insurance. Cars, homes, boats, motorcycles, RVs, and more at Progressive.com. He's Jason Kidd, but he can score. He's Jason Kidd if Jason Kidd had anywhere near this kind of offensive game. But that the thing that makes Luka the most special, his understanding of the game, his vision, his ability to get everyone involved, his just total control. He's like the conductor of an orchestra with the ball in his hands for 48 minutes nonstop. That was Jason Kidd. And I brought that up on Get Up this morning with Richard Jefferson. And RJ completely agreed with that thought. They just see the game differently. They feel the game differently. They're playing a different game than everybody else. And until you can start to witness it consistently, that's when you're just like, yes, he's in the exact same boat as Jason Kidd when it comes to pass. Maybe not as much flair, but as far as accuracy and focus and the ability to just see the game move that much slower, it's all the same. So he's got that from Jason Kidd. But then we'll remember that time years and years ago where Reggie Miller told me, we used to call Jason Kidd Asin because he had no J. This kid can score. So this kid is what Jason Kidd would have been if he was a lights-out shooter. Luka Doncic is special. I mean, this kid is the goods. And I'm going to talk to PJ Carlissimo about it in a few minutes. He did the game on ESPN Radio. He was with me this morning on Get Up. Luka Doncic, this is his decade. This is his time. He's got next, and I'm not sure he doesn't have now. Remember, he did that yesterday without Porzingis on a gimpy ankle. This was the stuff of legend. That performance yesterday was the stuff of legend. And if you're making a list of the best players in the world right now, he's on it. That list can be pretty short. You have to give the due to the all-time greats. LeBron at 35, Kawhi at 29, KD, you can't forget him just because he's been hurt all year. That's NBA royalty with Steph. Those guys are royalty. James Harden has to do it in the playoffs. A a superstar, obviously. When we're talking about the best players in the sport in the world, that's who we talk about. Giannis, for sure, deserves it. Luka's right there. Right there with any of them and all of them. So we will talk about all of that with PJ in just a few minutes. I want to remind you, you can cover all your bases with Straight Talk Wireless. Get the same networks as big carriers. Only pay up to 50% less. Get the unlimited plan with 25 gigs of high-speed data, then 2G for just 45 bucks a month. Only at Walmart. Savings may vary. See terms and conditions at straighttalk.com. So that performance is one for the ages, and it becomes a day that if that kid goes on to be what we think he might, a day you remember forever. It's also a day you remember 
because it was Kobe Bryant's 42nd birthday yesterday. First birthday that has passed since we lost him in January. And that had a lot of us and has a lot of us thinking about him and talking about him. Today is 8-24, August 24th. So they're commemorating that around the league and across the country and around the world as well. Kobe Bryant, I can tell you, because I did have the privilege of knowing him, was the most, not among the most, but the most intelligent and insightful and intellectually curious people I've ever met in sports. Number one, he was a remarkable man. I'll tell you very briefly, and it's going to sound like name dropping to the nth degree, how I came to know him. But I was invited to host an event that was being co-sponsored by the Clinton Global Health Initiative, i.e. President Bill Clinton, and the Aspen Institute. And ESPN was involved, and so I got to host it. And so we spent 45 minutes on a stage. This was probably seven or eight years ago. Bill Clinton, Kobe Bryant, and me. It was an unforgettable day. It's something, an experience I will certainly never forget. And what happened was Kobe liked the way I ran an event like that. And so as he went on in his life and would do corporate events and any sort of public speaking, he didn't like to just get up in front of a lectern. He liked having someone ask him questions. And that someone became me. He and his crew chose me to, I flew all over the country and met him in different places and interviewed him in front of crowds. And each time he amazed me with his intellect, his curiosity, his intelligence. It's a terrible loss. I will never forget that after the event on that stage, President Clinton, when I had one moment alone with him, said to me, boy, that Kobe is one impressive young man. And he certainly was. And so my hope is that there will come a time when Kobe Bryant's birthday will be a day that we can celebrate all of his extraordinary accomplishments. That day will come. But today, this week, that's not that day. This is a time of solemn remembrance. And so all we can hope is that his family, his wife and his daughters, are lifted in some way by all of the love that they are receiving from literally millions of people from every corner of the globe whose lives he touched. That's what we hope. All right, Tony and Michael coming up in our next hour. PJ Carlissimo did the Luca game on radio yesterday. He will join me and answer that question. If you're starting a team right now, is Luca the player you start it with? And oh, by the way, are they about to knock the Clippers out of the playoffs? Answers to those and other questions as we get rolling. I'm Greeny. This is ESPN Radio. Greeny, the podcast. For the ones who get it done, Granger offers high-quality supplies and solutions for every industry, as well as access to product specialists who have the knowledge and experience to answer your toughest questions. Plus, their commitment to being your safety partner can help you keep your facility safe and your people safer. Call clickgranger.com or just stop by. Gets it into Doncic just inside of half court to the top of the arc. Steps left. Three for the win. Bang! Bang, bang, bang! Luka Doncic just won it for the Mavericks as time expires at the end of overtime. 135-133. 43 points for the Jedi, and the series is tied at two. Unbelievable. The call, Sean Kelly and P.J. Carlissima right here on ESPN Radio. I'm Greeny. Sean basically saying to Mike Breen, I'll see your double bang and I'll raise you two. Four bangs, a quadruple bang on the Lucas shot yesterday. Genuinely one of the great moments 
of the sports. Well, look, I guess there haven't been that many great moments in this sports year or any that many moments in the sports year at all. But genuinely a spectacular moment, the kind of thing that, that someday if this kid turns out to be the player we think he's going to be, that we will look back on this day as the beginning. This this was the beginning of something extraordinary. And PJ is going to join me here in a second on the Shell Pennzoil Performance Line. Pennzoil synthetic motor oils are made from natural gas. Gives you unbeatable engine protection. The proof is in the Pennzoil based on sequence 4A wear test using SAE 5W30. I was just looking back at the NBA draft of 2018 and looking at the moves that were made in and around the drafting of Luka Doncic, and it'll be interesting to see how those are remembered someday. Meanwhile, P.J. Carlissimo has been around this thing forever and, again, was on the call yesterday here on ESPN Radio and joins us. Uh, P.J., thanks again for doing this. We talked this morning on Get Up. I'm thrilled to have you here sitting there watching it in the building. How would you describe what we saw yesterday from Luka Doncic? Green, it was unbelievable. Uh you know, I mean, you you see things and uh, you think you've seen everything. But, I mean, he turned 21 Feb 28. The game itself was an unbelievable, enjoyable game. I mean, it was just a heck of a game to watch. There were eight lead changes in the overtime alone. I just kept going back and forth. You know, I mean, both teams played really well down the stretch. But he's incredible. He wasn't even supposed to play. Like, we we were at the game when he got hurt. If you saw him limping off the court, that was only two nights before. You think he's not going to play. Uh, I was surprised he played. Then you find out before the game that Porzingis is not playing. They fall behind by 21. And early in the game, he was really having trouble with his long shot. Every time he took a three, it was significantly short. Like It looked like it was really bothering him to push off the ankle. And, you know, you're wondering if they can even be competitive. We were actually having a conversation with uh, – Sean Kelly and I with Greeny and the TV crew, because they were in the booth right next to us, you know, saying, you know, he, Rick might not put him back in the game. You know I mean? They're down 21. Where are they going? They don't want to get him hurt. And sure enough, he comes back in. He starts hitting shots. He went away from the long shot for a little bit, started going to the basket, and they got it down like under 10. You know, you just want to be get it close by the half. I mean, they're down 21 with eight minutes to go in the second quarter. And then – he was just ridiculous uh, because they're throwing a lot of different people at him. Marcus Morris was actually doing a really good job, but he adjusted. I mean, he's so smart. He just knows. I mean, it's scary that he's 21 years old. He knows how to adjust. He sees what the other team is doing. And his court vision, Greeny, is incredible. I mean, he sees everybody on the court. Yeah. And he looks players off all the time. Like, he goes in. He knows the pass he's going to make. And he'll look the other way just to bait a guy in the corner to leave or a, a wing guy to help. He just makes the right pass. I mean, we had the game, it was a week ago, it was in, in the bubble in one of the seeding games. I think he had like 34, it was against the Bucks. It was a great game. 34 points and 19 assists. And he could have had 25 or 30 assists. They couldn't make a shot. They, had more, they missed more open threes and layups. And uh, it, it's amazing. Uh, yeah, he has the ball a lot. But the decisions he makes are so good. And when you realize it's his you know, second year, Rick Carlisle goes, do you know anybody that ever got rookie of the year? And then the next year he gets most improved player. Mm-hmm. I mean, he's, a, you know, he's an all-NBA candidate. Obviously, he's an all-star. It's, uh, I, I really haven't seen anything like this in a long, long time. You know, the comparison I if was ever. making, yeah, it, well, it, Jason Kidd, is the guy that he reminds me of with the vision and the understanding of the game and everything else. But, of course, Jason Kidd couldn't shoot. 
when he came into the league, yeah. and this kid can. Who does he remind you? Who, who is Doncic in your mind? Who, who, who can Doncic become? Well, he, he's a, you know, I, I think he's a combination. Um, he's like, it's actually, I, I mean, he's a little bit like Irvin Johnson, Magic, and Birdie um, be, because of the, uh, the size, the ability to shoot the ball, the way he sees the floor, the way you always feel he's in control. You know, it's like they double him. They do different things. He goes into the lane. He does that Euro step. And it's almost like, you know, they show you the cartoon character. I think he used to be Roadrunner. The guy comes right at you. Then he makes a 90-degree turn. Then he makes another 90-degree turn. Then he makes another one. He goes by, guys. You can't believe it. Like how he steps through these traps. And all of a sudden, instead of being in the middle of three guys, he does like a sidestep, then a Euro step. And now he's at the rim. And he'll just come to a complete stop like Larry used to do. And he, he's unbelievable getting guys in the air at the basket. And sometimes he gets them in the air and he doesn't even shoot it because he sees one of the good three-point shooters in the corner. I mean, it, it's amazing. And he's good in transition like magic. Like he's unbelievable coming down the floor. And he'll make the long passes. He's a, obviously an above-average rebounder. But he gets a rebound and he turns around. And before he even dribbles it, if one of the wings is open, he just unloads the ball down the floor. I mean, it, it's it's incredible. Uh, he's got the strength of, I mean, I don't want to say same strength, but he reminds me of LeBron or Kawhi. It was kind of funny. They were playing each other yesterday because he's so strong. Like, it, it doesn't look like he's moving guys out, but, like, he moves people out when he goes to the basket. You know, like Kawhi does, and he's going in there, and all of a sudden the guy that's playing him is kind of, like, arching his back and, and – He's moving the guy out because he's so strong. When they were playing each other, it was unbelievable. Yeah. It was like two immovable objects. Uh, the, the, Kawhi's so strong offensively and defensively. And Luka is deceptive. He's bigger and stronger than I think people appreciate. Like when you see him up close, when you talk to him, you go, wow, he's, he's bigger than I thought, and he's much stronger. And, and I think he'll get more definition, not that he's soft by any stretch, but I think he'll even, you know, get more definition uh, as, as he gets a little bit older, and he's going to shoot a better percentage, Greeny, because he's still um, he's got so much confidence. He, I mean, that like that shot at the end. I mean, it never occurs to him that he's going to miss the shot. But like, there's so many. I mean, there's really good players in this league that don't want that shot at the end of the game. This kid wants the big shot every time. Uh, it, it's unbelievable. He yep. never runs away from it. And he's so confident. I mean, like, you, you saw him. I'm not saying he was blasé after he hit the shot, but he kind of, like, turned to the bench, and those guys all came running out at him. Like, he wasn't surprised. Like, he makes that shot, and he's not surprised at all. Uh, and he's been doing it for years. That's the other thing that I think sometimes, like, our, even, you know, the, the NBA fans that, that are seeing him, they don't realize how good he was playing for Real Madrid. I mean, outside the United States, the, the ACB, the Spanish League, is the best league. Uh, in the world outside ours. He's been playing in that since he was like 17, 18 years old. He was the MVP of the EuroLeague. He was like EuroLeague, you know, Final Four MVP. The things he's done already, and he just turned 21, is absurd. I mean, you know, the limit is, how, you know, how driven he's going to say, how much he wants it, and it would appear from what he's already accomplished that, that he's got that. I mean, you know, you want to be critical, yeah, he can shoot a better percentage. From all places, free throw line, I think he's 76%, which is good. But, I mean, he should be like an 85 or plus he lives on the line anyhow. Yeah. So, 
you know, it'd be important for him to get, you know, get that higher. And his three-point shot will get better. He's 31 right now, but I'd love to see the stat. I know we have it. I should check with our people at uh, at ESPN, the stat people. Late in the game, when it's a big shot, I'd love to know what he shoots because he doesn't miss it when it's a big shot. He certainly he might miss yesterday. some ones in the first half, but if it's a big shot – you do not want to see him shooting the ball if you're sitting on that other bench. Absolutely. PJ, I'm out of time. Thank you, my friend. Enjoy it down there. I will check in again soon. It's a pleasure to talk to you again. You too, Greeny. Thanks, man. Take care. PJ Carlissimo with me on the Shell Pinsel Performance Line. I'm Greeny. We're presented by Progressive Insurance. Much more basketball as we go. Again, Tony and Michael from PTI together in a half hour. But coming up next, one of the great streaks in American sports history is about to come to an end. That's what Dan Orlovsky thinks, and he's going to tell you what it is and why next. I'm Greeny, and this is ESPN Radio. Greeny, the podcast. This podcast is proud to be supported by Jets Pizza, the number one pick in Detroit-style pizza. Why? It's simple. Jets is better. With the thickest, crispiest, cheesiest Detroit-style pizza in the country, there's no competition. Right now, get $5 off any eight-corner pizza with code 8SAVE. That's the number eight, S-A-V-E. Go to jetspizza.com to learn more and find a location near you. Again, try Jet's signature eight-corner pizza and get $5 off with code 8SAVE. That's the number eight, S-A-V-E. Jet's Pizza. Better because it has to be. Hi, it's Mike Greenberg letting you know ESPN Bet is ready to take you through all the biggest sports moments this spring. The official sportsbook of ESPN has exclusive offers and markets from Scott Van Pelt, Stephen A. Smith, and me, plus many more. From the playoff intensity to finally getting out to the ballpark, there's no better time for sports fans. Sign up today. New users get a bet reset up to $1,000 in bonus bets if your first bet doesn't win. Download ESPN Bet today. What a play. Must be 21 plus and present in select states. Gambling problem? Call 1-800-GAMBLER. Terms and conditions apply. See app for details. Back and better than ever with a ton of basketball conversation, but we'll break it up with some football here. A reminder, Tony Kornheiser and Michael will bond together in a half hour. Today's a big day, though, at ESPN. It's a big day for some friends of mine. The all-new NFL Live debuts 4 o'clock Eastern this afternoon on ESPN. A bunch of Get Up alums will be a part of that show. Laura Rutledge, Dan Orlovsky, Marcus Spears with Mina Kimes and others. And Dan jumps in here on the Shell Penzel performance line. Danny, good luck. Welcome. How are you? I'm doing great, Greeny. Thank you. I'm doing well. Uh, and I think it's important for me to say that uh, debt of gratitude to you. We would have never had this opportunity to be kind of part of this NFL live show if we never had the opportunity to be on your show, Get Up, and you believing in us. So, and I, you know, it's important to say that I certainly love you for it. You've become a dear friend and taught me a ton. So doing well and excited for today. All right, well, you make us proud and you, you have every day and you will continue to every day. Let's get into something you said on Get Up this morning, that one of the great streaks in American sports history is about to come to an end. The New England Patriots have won the AFC East 11 consecutive years. That is an extraordinary accomplishment. You believe that streak comes to an end this year. Why? Yeah, I believe the Buffalo Bills are going to win that division. A couple of reasons why. First of all, they won 11 straight with Tom Brady. And there was a certain style of play that not only that offense believed in, but that football team believed in. And that's how they won so many division titles in a row. Tom Brady not there. Second of all, the strength of their football team is the offensive line in the run game. Well, Marcus Cannon is no longer there. He has opted out. So that run, that offensive line is a little bit weaker. Third of all, the game right now is about skill players. 
That's, that's what the NFL is. It's about who can have the most really good skill players. If you look at the Rams years ago, the Eagles years ago, the Chiefs last year, those are the teams that are really potent offensively. The, the, the Patriots have probably one of the three or four worst groups when it comes to skill players. And so, you know, Cam Newton, them playing quarterback for him, playing quarterback for them will certainly help. But that offense is going to be hindered by those skill players. And that defense, that was really good last year. Six starters are gone. Six of them. And so there's just been so many departures. This was a team that was 0-4 last year versus the four best teams in the AFC. They have the hardest schedule in football. And I just mentioned all those departures. Buffalo got better. They've added, and they're across the board, better at offensive line, tight end, skill position players, defensive line, and linebackers. The only question marks are who's got the better quarterback or what quarterback's going to play better. And then the secondaries are very close, but you give the edge to New England. But Buffalo's a better football team. Yeah, it, it's certainly an argument could be made. Now, any of us who root for an AFC East team are going to have to see this to believe it. And I'm certainly going to have to. But one way or another, I do want to ask you, what do you expect the New England offense to look like with Cam Newton? With the injury here to the kid Stidham, it appears at this point a fait accompli that Cam's going to get the ball in three weeks. And that's when the season starts in three weeks. And we have no idea what to expect this offense to look like with no preseason or anything, which I think is an advantage to them. When they get clicking, give it four weeks into the season, Dan, what do you expect that offense with Cam Newton at quarterback to look like? Yeah, I'd say like a little bit of what the Baltimore Ravens certainly do, multiple tight ends on the field, and then the quarterback run being a big part of their offense. You know, New England drafted two tight ends in the first four rounds of this year's NFL draft, so they're going to play with multiple tight ends, and they're going to utilize that quarterback run a lot, you know, whether it's Cam actually carrying the football or just utilizing him post-handoff as a kind of a distraction And then maybe a little bit of what the San Francisco 49ers have been, which is tons of shifts and motions and trying to really, I've said this, the Patriots for a long time were really good offensively because of execution. They just out-executed everybody. Certainly there was matchups and good players, but they out-executed everybody. If they are to be successful offensively this year, it will be because of confusion, multiple personnel groupings, multiple shifts in motions before the snap trying to confuse people and then when the ball does get snapped kind of people moving in a bunch of different directions if you could take your mind to like almost high school football post snap and in almost a wing t style so it's going to be about confusion so i I, my my thing is this green at the end of the day at the end of the day you got to have people on the skill positions on the outside to go beat guys one-on-one and they don't have people like that it was their issue last year it will be their issue this year Dan Orlovsky with me. The NBA playoffs are on ESPN Radio. Tune in tonight. Jimmy Butler in the Heat taken on Indiana, presented by Indeed. Coverage begins at 6 Eastern on most of these ESPN Radio stations. So as Dan suggested at the very beginning of the conversation, he has been a regular with me basically since the moment we launched Get Up. And one of the things I've come to learn about you, Dan, is that you love football. You love golf. I wonder, because you don't talk a lot about other sports and you don't always watch them. Did you watch the Luka game yesterday? And what was your reaction to it? Yeah, I, I did. My boys, I've got triplet boys, as you know, Green, they're eight and a half and they're really starting to get into sports. And so we were just back into the afternoon yesterday and I was watching those games. I'm a Celtics fan. So I was watching the Celtics Sixers game. My wife from Philly, she's a Sixers fan. So we just started watching that as a family. And then 
the boys, the the the, the Mavs game starts, and boys, I, I want to watch this game. This kid, Luka Doncic, is becoming one of my favorite players in the world, athletes in the world to watch. So kind of watching the game. We get to the back end of the game, and we start to eat dinner right at the beginning of the fourth quarter outside as a family. And all of a sudden, my boys just one by one start kind of leaving the dinner table to go watch <laughs> the game. So I'm just sitting there, and this is kind of like this first part of this process for our family. And so – I'm loving it. And so with like a minute or two left, the boys just all get up and stand there and watch. And I was like, this is the greatest thing in the world. So I went and watched over there and we were talking about the game. And I'm just saying, watch this guy with the ball. Watch Luca. Watch Luca. And they started getting emotional about it. Like, yo, let's go Mavs. Let's go Dallas. And so, um, you know, right when Morris hits that shot with like nine seconds left or something, they're all sitting there going, oh my gosh, this is bad. This is bad. This is bad. And I was just like, guys, just watch, watch what Luca does. This is this is a really cool moment. And he hits the shot. They went crazy, running around the neighborhood, saying, "Let's go, Luca!" <laughs> um, and so they actually this morning, this is the first time. Also, this is um, they asked, "Can they get a Luca Doncic jersey?" Mm. And uh, that, for me, being a jock and a boy dad in many ways and a sport fanatic, like that was such a cool moment. So we watched it. Certainly going to be one, something that we talk about for a long time. And, and Luca has three really, really big fans in Connecticut that are young boys. I like it. I like it a lot. Dan, good luck today. Give my best to everybody over there. We'll be watching at 4 o'clock. Thanks, brother. You're the best. Love you, man. All right, my man. I'll see you soon. That's the great Dan Olaf. He is. He is. Someday when the story of the show that we have built in the morning is written, he plays a huge role in it and has from the minute that we started, and he's as good a guy as you'll ever come across. I want to remind you, you can check out ESPN Audio at home by telling Alexa to play news from ESPN. ESPN Audio at Home is brought to you by Mercedes-Benz Vans. Drive a Mercedes-Benz van. Find out how far an extra mile really goes. From customization and service to financial assistance, Mercedes-Benz Vans are ready for anything. That, that, that game from Luca yesterday is going to be the kind of thing that we talk about forever. If he becomes the player I think he's going to become, we can now all say, we watched that. Remember that game? Remember that game when Luka Doncic became Luka Doncic? That was the game yesterday. His 41st, second, and third points of the day won a game in overtime in which his best teammate wasn't playing against a team that almost everybody has winning the championship on a bad ankle. Spectacular day. Coming up next, a sports story that could literally never have happened before happened in the last hour. Greeny, the podcast. Now, let's talk about the play of the week. The pressure to follow up Hypnotic and Cognac, weighing heavy on the team. Hypnotic was in the cup, blue and ready for the play. And boom! Añejo Tequila came in with a smooth assist to Hypnotic's tropical fruit finish. Shaken, strained, poured. It was green and good! The playmaking splash shifted the tempo. Another great cocktail from the Hypnotic team. Every season is Hypnotic and Tequila season. Hypnotic Liqueur, Bardstown, Kentucky, 17% alcohol by volume. Hypnotic reminds you to think wisely, drink wisely. Tony Kornheiser, Michael Wilbon will join me live in 13 minutes here on ESPN Radio. I'm Greeny. Right now it's time for Straight Talk, brought to you by Straight Talk Wireless. I promised you a story that could literally never have happened before, that happened in the last hour. And that is that the Associated Press released its college football rankings for the coming season. First rankings of the year, of course, the preseason rankings. Three of the top ten teams are not playing. This year, Ohio State, Penn State, and Oregon, nine of the top 25 teams, nine of the ranked teams 
are not playing. And it does beg the question, with Ohio State sitting at number two in this preseason poll, should no teams go unbeaten, does Ohio State make the playoff? They put Ohio State in the playoff. You know, it might depend on what happens in the SEC championship game. Could the Big Ten get two teams in? If everybody else loses a bunch of games, could they get Ohio State and Penn State in? (laughs) I don't mean to laugh because there's obviously nothing funny about this, but I don't really know what to say about the fact that they released a top 25 in which there are nine teams who have announced they aren't playing. So I'm not being critical of the AP. I don't know what the right decision is. I'm not sure who exactly makes that decision. But at some point, they had to say, so do we want to include the teams that aren't playing or not in our rankings? I can't tell you this was the wrong thing to do, but it doesn't feel right, does it? Am I the only one who thinks it looks ridiculous to to, to release preseason rankings and have Ohio State the number two team in the country when everyone knows they're not playing? And they announced that two weeks ago? So anyway, that's a very that's about as 2020 a sports story as there has ever been and will ever be. And I sort of feel like I don't know why it makes me want to laugh, but it makes me want to laugh. And I don't apologize for that because sometimes you have to laugh in the middle of all this. I mean, so much of it is just so awful. It's been such a difficult and challenging year in so many ways. That every once in a while, if something strikes you as funny, I don't think there's anything wrong with finding it funny. And I feel terrible for the kids at Ohio State, who I thought should have and could have beaten Clemson last year and might have won the national championship if they had. Ohio State got 21 first-place votes. They just sent me a note. Terrific crew I have working over here, Nuno and Bubba and Cliff and Little Ray. Ohio State got 21 first-place votes. Little Ray, a.k.a. Cuffy. That's an inside joke on the get-up staff. Anyway, Ohio State got 21 first-place when exactly do they make these votes? Like That's what I'd like to know. So here's the thing. I am not an Associated Press voter. I was offered a Heisman vote. The people who decide who gets a Heisman vote offered me one a million years ago, uh, fairly early in the Mike and Mike days, and I turned it down. I, I said I don't feel like I should be voting because I feel like those should be, that vote should matter, and you should only give it to people who watch tons of games every weekend, and I am one. I, I, I like college football. I love college football, but I don't watch every game every week. I don't study it. So I didn't think that I was um, that I was an appropriate person to have a vote for something as important as I consider the Heisman Trophy to be. I certainly am not a voter for the Associated Press, but I, I can tell you right now that if I were and they asked me to cast my ballot, I would definitely not put Ohio State in it, even though I think they might have been the best team in the country. With Justin Fields, who might have played his way into the number one spot, I guess in theory might still be. But the point of it is, it just kind of takes all of the steam away from the preseason rankings when Ohio State, Penn State, and Oregon are in the top 10, and they've already announced they're not playing. Straight Talk Wireless, no contract, no compromise. Tony and Michael coming up shortly. So I went back and, and, and just pulled up the 2018 NBA draft just to remind everyone of exactly what happened. The Phoenix Suns had the first pick in the draft. They took DeAndre Ayton, the center out of Arizona, who had played one year in college. His team got knocked out in the first round of the tournament that year. Like, he's a good player. I'm not going to sit here and tell you that's a terrible pick. He's a good player. He's averaging 17 points and 11 rebounds. He he is a player who, in generations past, would have been the no-doubt, no-brainer, slam-dunk first pick in this draft. Marvin Bagley from Duke went second to Sacramento. 
He hasn't played nearly as many games. He's been hurt. He's averaging 15 points and seven and a half boards on an improving team. That's the one that you're going to look back on. Luka Doncic was then drafted third by the Atlanta Hawks and subsequently traded to Dallas for Trey Young. And sandwiched in between them, Jaron Jackson, who was a really good young player in Memphis but got hurt right when they came back to the bubble. He got seriously hurt, and so he was done there. He's going to be a very good player in the league. Very good. And Trey Young is terrific. Trey Young is a, is a dynamic young star who's got, obviously, a little bit of Steph in him. He's a really good player. Aiton is a good player, and Bagley as well. There's no, there's no Sam Bowie-esque disaster here. Sam Bowie was the second pick in the 1984 NBA draft. Hakeem Olajuwon was first. A fellow whose initials are MJ went third. And I always feel bad for Bowie in that because Bowie just was hurt all the time. He never got a chance. He's sort of like Greg Oden. People talk about these guys like they're busts. I don't think it's fair to call someone who was hurt a bust. The pick was a bust because obviously you didn't get anything out of it. But the player is not a bust. A bust is a guy who got drafted super high and then was just not good enough, played and wasn't good. That's a bust. There have been plenty of those NFL quarterbacks, many of them over the course of time, that come immediately to mind. I don't consider a player who was just hurt and never got a chance to do it to have been a bust. That said, I don't think there is an obvious bust in this draft in front of Luka. And let's include Trey Young in front of Luka because despite the fact that Trey Young got drafted after him, those teams swapped the picks. So DeAndre Ayton, I think, is going to have a really good NBA career. Marvin Bagley, I think, is going to have a really good NBA career. Jaron Jackson, I think, is going to have a really good NBA career. And Trey Young, I think, is going to be a perennial all-star. But Luka Doncic is going to be the best player in the NBA. He is already, in my view, one of the small handful of best players in the NBA. I would start, I've been saying it since I launched this show and before that. If I was starting a franchise today, I would start it with Luka Doncic before any other person walking the face of planet Earth. I will talk about that and Kobe Bryant and much more with Tony Kornheiser and Michael Wilbon together next on ESPN Radio. Thanks for listening to Greeny, the podcast. You can get more from Greeny live weekdays at noon Eastern on ESPN Radio and on ESPN News. And don't miss Greeny on Get Up every morning at 8 Eastern on ESPN. Greeny, the podcast.